Welcome to Threshold Church. Today's message is from Jeremy Eshelman. All right, I was not expecting that. I know Jake wasn't either when you guys honored us like that. Um, yeah, that, I mean, there's a lot to that. It actually kind of fits with something I wanted to bring up tonight. Um, not that you guys should honor your pastors, but just something that's been that's been going on since since the Bible was written, and it's. Um, I'll get, I have so many things that I'm going to try to piece together here, but um, like God has given me a burden for you all, and I, when, when, when I'm asked to preach, like Jake, you, you say, Jake, we, we teach tonight, but like, yeah, let's go, let's do this. For me, it's like this, this, this thing that I stress over, and it's this thing that I, I lose sleep over, and I'm constantly up, and I'm constantly doing all these different things, and I'm just waiting for God to just fine-tune it right. And it's not because I'm nervous. It's because I, I don't want to get it wrong. I want God's word to come out clear. I want it to come out unblemished. I want it to come out under his doing and not my own. Because I know that since, since the beginning of time that we see leaders, we see ministers, we see, we see the, the, holy, the holy people that God set up to lead Israel, to, to lead the, the body of Christ, to lead the body um, falling, being, being bribed, being tainted, allowing the evil to actually direct the, the way that they minister to the people. And that is, that is the last thing that I want to do. I don't want anything. So well, I'll let you guys do that once a year. But if, if, if this was like a, a, a year, a week after week thing, I'd be like, we, need, we need to stop that. I do prefer to be back behind the scenes. I do prefer to be ministering. I do prefer to be praying and, and, and helping people and serving. But um, I will, I will um, take this burden on and, and preach and, and get up in front of you because I do love you, because I do feel and I know that God has given me a word for tonight. When, when, when I agree to preach, I, I, I am fervent. I take time and I set it aside and I, and I lose sleep and I, and I miss time with my, with my wife and my kids because of how important it is and because, again, I don't want to give you something less than what God could give you tonight. So, yeah, there, there is a burden. There is a burden that, that, that pastors, that teachers, that ministers, that ministers have. James chapter 3 says that not all should be teachers. For anyone who teaches will be, will be judged harsher. They will, judge, they will be judged stricter. So that puts an added burden on ministers. It puts an added, added burden on pastors. And... As we, as we release words and as we, as we share things, all, all I want to do is make sure that you are hearing what God's saying. Because, because we, we read in Jeremiah chapter 23, it, it talks about the lying prophets, how the prophets of God would actually use their own words. They would, they would say, I had a dream. It says, I, it says, I dreamed a dream. When it's their own, when it's their own dream, or they, or they give a word and it was of their own, it was of their own mouth, it was of their own thoughts, because they they get the applause, because it, it it it's what the people like. It's because it's what the people like to hear, and the people are happy, and and they and they exalt them, and they lift them up, and they say, and and they let them. They they Matthew says that they love the greetings in the marketplaces, so they love the best seat at the at the table. Says they make their make their phylacteries long, or and they make their fringes their fringes long and their phylacteries broad. They love the places of honor. They love the greetings.
And Jeremiah warns us about ministering to people with evil intent, that we do it about ourselves, that I minister to you today out of my own will, out of my own priorities, out of my own wants and needs, that you would, you would say, wow, that was a great word. Wow, that sounded so good. Get back, to, send him back up there again. He, he said what I wanted to hear. So we'll let him keep doing it. We'll let him keep speaking. We see warnings of this all throughout the Bible, of people who were sent or people who were, who, were, who were under God's authority, they're priests in the, in, the, in the temple or whatever they were, and they were, and they were corrupted with, with greed and, 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 the, and, and to teach along the lines of what the people wanted rather than what God wanted. And tonight, I, I, I really want to, I want to, I want to have this battle against passivity. Because I do not want to, I do not want to speak a message from a passive place, but at the same time, I do not want you to be able to receive a message with a passive, with a passive heart. Because when I, when I speak a message out of passivity, it, it, it dulls something sharp. I'm gonna turn to Acts chapter two. In Acts chapter two, we have Peter. This is, this is, this is uh, the day of Pentecost happens, it comes, the spirit falls on the disciples as, as, they're, as they're gathered in the upper room. And, and just the people of the region, they're like, they, they hear the commotion, they see what's going on, and they gather to the place where they're meeting, and like, what is this, what's going on? And, and, and people, are, they're, 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 like, they're amazed at what God has done. And others are confused, and others are, are actually mocking them. And then Peter stands up and he speaks. And I want to get to this part here. It says, I'll get there in a second. Peter did not hold back. He said, it says he was filled with the Spirit and, and he spoke. And he spoke a word. He spoke a word of rebuke. He said, he said this Messiah what, what you're seeing here is not, is not evil. It's not, we're not drunk. No, we're not drunk. We, it's only the third hour of the day. But what you're seeing here is what was given to us that, that, that the Jesus, the Messiah, had promised. The Jesus that you, yourselves, actually handed over to be killed, to be crucified, to be, to be mocked and to be ridiculed by the people. See, the Holy Spirit came upon Peter and, and, and it said it gave him a sharp message because it says that the message, it said that they, it cut them. It said the people were cut by the word that Peter spoke. And because they were cut, they said, they said what do we need to do? You see, Peter, Peter could have done, Peter, Peter could have taken that sharp message that the Spirit gave him and he could have dulled it down for their sake. So that everybody there, every, everyone gathered, every ear hearing it would receive it with with. with with, with joy and with receptive, and something receptive and something that's easier to take. He could have said something along the lines of, it, it may not have been you. You may, not, may, you may not have been there when this happened. You might not have been the ones. And I don't know what you think about Jesus, but I personally, me, I, th I think he was the Messiah. 
But some people, they, they took him and, they, and, and they, they handed him over to be killed. He said, no. He said, he said, you, Jesus did these things in your presence. You saw it happen. He was killed because you handed him over. Now repent. He said, repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter didn't dull the effect of the word for the sake of a couple people because the dulling of the word would not have led to the cutting of the 3,000 that turned that day to Jesus and, were, and, and their souls were saved. Matthew 19. There's a story of a rich young man. And he comes before Jesus and he says, he says, Lord, what must I do? What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, he said, behold, a man came to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? He said, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you, if you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. That's a sharp word. The, 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 rich young, the rich young man, he says, what must I do? Jesus says, get rid of everything. He says, get rid of everything, sell it, give the profit to the poor, and come follow me. Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. He only said what the Father told him to say. The Lord, his, the, his Father gave him a sharp message, and Jesus spoke it. Do you know how easy it is to say, all right, let's come up with a number Let's come up with a number where the church is benefited, where he's okay giving that much, but he also gets to keep enough that he's okay, and the Lord is, 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 also, is also honored. Can we find a number that pleases all three here? And we, and we can take those thoughts and we can, and we can let them determine the way, we, the way that we preach, the way that we release a word to the congregation because we're worried about the person in the front. If we say... If I, if I say that, the Lord, that we're supposed to give 10% of, our, of, of everything that we have to the Lord... He's a millionaire. He's, he's giving 2% right now. That's enough. Like, that's a lot of money. Let's be okay with the 2%. If we have a conversation about sexual purity, but, but, we, but we think that there might be somebody who's in a, in a, relation, a sexual relationship with somebody before they're married, or, or, or if there, you, you, you think there might be somebody who's struggling with homosexuality, and you skip over those parts because you don't want to offend them, and, you don't, and you, you, you're more worried about seats being filled than you are about the sharpness of the message and what God has said, when that sharpness could be the one thing that they needed to cut their heart and says, wow, I'm living a life of sin. We say things like, we have a brother come to us and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I made this mistake. I, I, I fell into this. I said this by accident. And we say, hey, it's okay. The grace of God is sufficient. The grace of God is sufficient. That's not the part I'm questioning. It's, it's the part where we say, it's okay. When the response should be, that's awful. Maybe a little softer, but that's not okay. Don't do that again. Like, 
Do you not, have you not read what James 3 says about sin? It says, it says temptation arises when, when the desires of our flesh, when we act upon the desires of our flesh. That's when sin is conceived and when sin comes to full maturity, it produces death. Don't do that again. Like, God's grace is sufficient for you. But we can't, we can't have that, hey, it's okay, come to church. It's okay, like, yeah, come to church, but we can't, be, we can't have this dolled-down version for the sake of, of, of pleasing the individual while, we, while at the same time we think that we're giving them God's word when he has clearly said, this is my word for you. This is what I'm saying. This is what, this is, what is written in, in, in the text. So when, when I share today about this burden, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you guys at, this, at the end of this or throughout this time about the burden that you are willing to carry because this isn't a one-way thing. You, I'm, I'm, I might be putting something on you, but trust me, this is on myself to do it and this is on myself to, to actually minister to it and this is on, I, I have to do this too. God didn't tell us there would be no burden. We, we see a burden, we see a weight, and we say, that can't be of God. That's, that's, I have to carry something. Jesus carried it all. He also said, my, my burden is light, my, my yoke is easy. Sometimes we, we say, I, I don't like the sound of that, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Or I don't like the sound of that. That must that I'm not I'm not gonna go there. That that doesn't fit that doesn't fit how I'm feeling today. It may be a burden. It may be it may be hard. It may be something you have to work for. It may be something that you have to strive to to achieve this. What I'm asking you to do. What, what we feel like after, after weeks of praying, Anna brought a very powerful message last week. She said, this is, this is a time of war. This is a time of war. Who after that message went home and changed their habits from, from what they did when it was a time of peace to what they did to a time of war? Because there should be a very distinct difference between your life before and after, if you, didn't, if you didn't know that we were already in a season of war, you say, oh wait, we're in a season of war. You clean your guns. You sharpen your, you sharpen your swords. They should have been sharpened all along, but if they weren't, now you get them in shape. And if, you, if once they're in shape, then you start going to the spirit in war. Say, God, aren't you the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Aren't you the God that led us out of the wilderness? Aren't you the God who promised this and gave it to us, God? God, do it again, Lord. We, 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 we pray to you, God. We lift your name. We exalt you. And we say that the devil will not have his way here in Threshold Church. The devil will not have his way in my family. The devil, the devil will not have his way in this region. The devil will not have his way. I am asking you to share in this burden because I've watched, I've watched the people sitting up here in, in leadership positions. I've watched them pour out their lives in prayer. I've watched them prepare for messages. I've watched Anna just like, she, she got, she's like, I have a word from the Lord. Just because you may not have felt that, 
Like, it, there has to be that, there, there, there needs to be that trust there. And I know it's something that has to be built. And I, I'm trying not to use words like, I would encourage you to, because, because that's what you use too often. Say, oh, take that home. Take that home with you. Let the Lord tell you. I've already taken it to the Lord. I've prayed about this for a week. This is what we need to do. Let's go, guys. Let's get your swords. Let's get on our horses. Let's saddle up and let's ride. And if you need, if you need that clarity, say, I don't know about that. Go find out quick. I will, you, you have that. You have that ability. You have that right. You have that option. Take it to the Lord, but do it quick. If, if, if Anna comes to church and says, guys, we are in a time of war, it doesn't mean like you guys have, let's, we'll get there. We'll get there at our own pace. No, the enemy is knocking at the door. She, she even gave a time frame for, for October. This is so important. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you ever, ever seen a, a, a yoke? Something that like an oxen wears. We, we live in Amish country, so a lot of you may have seen these before. It is a burden. It is a weight. It's a big, bulky thing. It weighs you down. But a yoke is a tool used for progress. It is a tool used for, for, for fruitfulness. It is, a, it is a tool used to bring about the labor of the Lord and the best part is, you're not carrying it by yourself. You're yoked to Jesus. You're yoked to the Father. A chain is a burden. It's meant to make you idle. It's meant to keep you back. It's meant to hold you down. It's meant to restrict you. A yoke is a burden that you wear across the strength of your body that pushes you forward and, and creates something behind you that you're not supposed to look back to, that, that, that tills the land and prepares it for the fruitfulness of heaven. There's a big difference between the burden of chains and the burden of a yoke. So my, my, my intent today is to, is to call you guys up, to call you guys up into saying, all right, I hear a word and I do not receive it from a place of passivity. If you hear a word and you're not sure about it, you take it to the Lord with fervor, with, with strength. You take it to the Lord and say, God, this is what they said. This is my church. Like, is this, is, this, is this really what's going on? But you don't waste. We cannot waste. We do not have time to waste right now. We are in such an important time right now. Hello? There we go. I think we mentioned that October is such, it, it is such a high, high level of occultic activity going on. Has anything changed in us? Has anything changed in the way that we, that we seek the Lord? If we, know, if we know that the enemy is building something up, if we know that, that those who are, who are seeking, seeking evil for the, for the area, for the land, does, does that deserve a response?
Peter wasn't preaching anything new. John the Baptist came. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, his first message he preached, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then the spirit comes comes upon Peter. And he says, repent, turn, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be baptized in his name. There was a cutting that took place that day. Because when we, when, when we ask people to come into the church, when we ask people to, to, to respond to a message, when we ask for people to, to live a life committed to Christ, but we don't give them the sharpness of what God is saying, we are setting them up for failure. They come into the house, and, and then we, we, have to use, we have to use words like that, like, hey, take this to the Lord so that we don't offend, so we don't push too hard. What if we would have pushed a little harder in the first place, saying, hey, when you give your life to Christ, you have to give it all. Ask the rich young man, hey, when you give your life to Christ, like Christ expects something. You may not know us very well, but we're gonna do our best to, 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 to spend time and hear and, and tune our ear to the Lord and say, hey guys, hey church, come with us. This is what we feel like God is saying for the region. This is what we feel like God is saying for Threshold Church, that we need to sharpen our need to step out. We need to, we need to fight. We need to go to the Lord and we need to fight for him. We need to fight for heaven on earth. Anna said this last week in her message. She said, purity, it, it creates this, this place for no ulterior motives that people can actually, can, people can trust you. From, from, from the first time I was asked, from, yeah, I was asked to preach today, I thought I was gonna be teaching this message on purity and holiness of the church. And we are going there. That's, that's what this message is about, but there's so much more to it. We have to build our house according to the way that God has designed it. If you want to go to Isaiah chapter 5, go for it. The vineyard of the Lord. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and he cleared it of stones and he planted with it choice vines. He put a watchtower in the midst of it. He hewed out a wine vat in it and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. Says the Lord built this vineyard. He did everything necessary in it for it to produce, for, for it to produce Grapes that would yield wine. And he got wild grapes. Bitter grapes. 
Grapes that don't produce the wine that God was looking for. O now inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard what more was there for me for, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done for it. When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will, I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled. I will make it a waste that shall not be pruned or hoed and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will command the clouds that they rain, no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting and he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, an outcry. We can, we can plant these churches. We can, we can build these big, beautiful houses. But God is, God is concerned about the fruit that's coming out of them. And when he sees the fruit that we're producing is something other than what he's demanded, other than what he's asked for, other than what he's required, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, it didn't say that he removed the vines. It didn't say that he removed the wild grapes. He removed the blessing and the protection. He removed everything that was around it that would cultivate, that would make it grow, that would make it healthy. It says he removed the hedges from it so that it would be eaten. He removed the walls so now the animals can come in, they can trample it. He told the rain to stop so that it would receive no, no rain, no, no life-giving source from heaven. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field until there is no more room. Are we, more, are we more worried about filling the houses or what they're being filled with? And you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. The Lord of hosts has sworn in my hearing, surely many houses shall be desolate. Large and beautiful houses without inhabitant for 10 acres of a vineyard shall yield but one bath and an omer of seed shall yield but an ephan. I don't want that for my church. I do not want that for Thresher, where, where we build a house that is beautiful to the people, it's beautiful to the, the inhabitants, it's beautiful to all who walk in, but the one, that, the one that's displeased is the Lord himself because there's nothing in it that is producing food, fruit that is capable of making the wine that he wants. That's why you hear it over and over again here. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Without prayer, God's not here. It's that simple. People might be here. Sometimes we like to, sometimes we like to judge the health of a church by the number of seats that are filled rather than by what God is doing and how, and how present God is in the place Rather by the, by, by the spirit of God that's pouring out. Jesus always measured by the fruit. Read Matthew 
21 through 23. Jesus enters into Jerusalem triumphantly. And he takes the next, the last period of his life before he's given over to Satan to be crucified. The last portion of his life in Jerusalem is purifying the church. He goes into the temple and he cleanses it. He throws out the, those, those that are selling things in, 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 the, in the temple. He says, you've made my house into a den of thieves. And then we see Jesus walking on the road and he comes to, he comes to a fig tree that's, that's on the side of the road. And he's hungry and he wants something to eat. Trees, trees very often in the Bible represent the church, represent the body of Christ. Jesus came to it and it had no fruit so he cursed it so that it would never, it would never grow again. The sign of a fruitful church is what Jesus cursed. Let's keep going to Matthew. We can go a little further there. Just every, everything up until he, Jesus is just purifying, purifying, purifying the church, preparing it for something greater than what it is. You see, Jesus' authority challenged many times by the Pharisees, by the Sadducees, by the scribes, by whoever it is. They're challenging him, and he's, he's just tearing their, them down. Every argument they have, he stops it. He calls out the, the, the priests, the Pharisees, the, the leaders of the, the temple in, in the parable of the two sons, in the parable of the, tenant, of the tenants. We get to Matthew 23. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever, so do and observe whatever they tell you. They sit on, they sit on the seat, so do what they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move, to move them with their finger. They do all deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and the greetings in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you only have one. You're not to be called teacher, for you only have one. You do, do not call anybody father, because you only have your father in heaven. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And this, this really struck me. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. The very people who were supposed to be representing their heavenly father in heaven, that they were supposed to be the ones that were going into his presence and receiving the, the man and receiving the bread for that day and giving it out to the people. He says, you don't even go in. 
And there are people that are willing to go and you won't let them go. You shut the door of heaven in their faces. We have a burden to carry. They, they didn't want the burden of, of losing their places. They didn't want the burden of having to cleanse themselves. If they would have entered, if they would have entered the place, they would have died. They would have dropped over dead because of how unclean they were. They were evil entering a place of holiness. They would have died. They weren't willing to lay down all the evil of their hearts. They weren't laying, willing to lay down the greed. They weren't willing to lay down the bribes. They weren't willing to lay down the pride that they got in being those, in those positions that was only given them, was only given to them by their ancestry and God anyways. They weren't willing to bear the burden, but they placed the burden on everybody else. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. I hope this is a hard message. I hope this message cuts some things. Because I desire this house to be as pure as it can be. I desire this house to be filled with the presence of Jesus. I desire you to be cut so you, have, you, have, you only have two options. Lay down the things that you've been holding on to. It might, be, it might be something small, it might be something great. Or walk away. Are we okay with that? Are we, are we okay with that being preached from the pulpit? That churches are emptied because we preach the whole truth. That churches close down because the presence of God isn't in them. Why would, you, why would we want that? Why would we want people going to a church that doesn't have the presence of God? We are sending them to hell. We are sending people to hell when we let them come to a church where the presence of God is not there. Because we satisfy them, we satisfy them while they think that they are in a place of holiness. They think they are being fed. They think they are being cared for. They think they, are, they think they're being made holy by, by, by what is coming out of the preacher's mouth. by what is coming out of the preacher's mouth. But we are sentencing them to hell because we're creating lukewarm Christians. Christians who don't want to hear something cold because no, that's, that's obviously evil. And they don't want to hear something that's flaming hot because that's too much. That's too much for me to invest. That's too much of a burden for me to carry. So when Peter brings a word about the ten virgins and he says, you have to have enough. You have to carry the oil with you. There's three requirements. The lamp, the oil, but also the purity of the individual who was coming. The, the reason they were invited in the first place is because they were pure. And then they had to collect their lamp and they had to collect enough oil for the journey. What do you do with that? 
When Anna brings a word like she did last week where she says, threshold church, we are in a time of war. What has changed? Has anything changed? This is serious. Church leaders have become so worried about offending people that we've allowed a place for anything to happen within our church walls because we don't question it. We, just, we, we stand up here and we say something and we don't, we don't go any deeper than that. We keep cutting out here. We're good. And I, I, I'm not okay with that. So tonight, as I'm speaking this, I hope you understand that this, this, this might feel burdensome, but the, the exact same burden plus more is being placed on my back. It's being placed on the leadership here because we feel like this is, this is a very important time. So when you see something, when you see a 21-day fast put on the wall, this isn't just something that we're like, hey, do you know what would be good for, to do this week? We haven't done a fast in a little while. That sounds fun. Let's do it. No, after Anna preached, this is such an important time. We need to be fasting. We need to be praying. We need to call every single person, every part of the threshold body to gather together, to raise up. To, to, I'm not going to say, hey, if you, guys, if you guys take it to the Lord, maybe he's asking you to give a meal. No, after we're done, go fill up that calendar. This is important. Go fill up the calendar when we're done. We are going to start to take a hard, I'm going to take, start to take a harder stance. Say, guys, we need you. We need you. You represent the body. You represent the body. He says, do not call anybody, do not call anybody master. The greatest is a servant. I'm not, I'm not saying these things so that, to, to, to make me feel up here. I, I, I'll do everything I can to, to lower myself below you. Anything. Because I am terrified of that pride that has infected church leaders for centuries and centuries and centuries. I am terrified of bringing something to you that is lukewarm or dull or, or, or it is not the fullness of God. Because the moment I speak something out is the moment I'm held accountable to God for that, but it's also the moment that you're accountable to it as well. The moment you have salvation is the moment you have salvation to give away. I don't know if you knew that. You don't have to be, in, you don't have to be a believer for 25 years and, and, and have a diploma on your wall to say, all right, now you can start being a missionary. Now you can start proselytizing. Now you can go into the streets. No, the moment you have something is the moment you can give it away. That's how multiplication works in the kingdom of heaven. And guess what? When you give it away, you get to keep it too. All right, I'm going to start getting my notes now. Just kidding. I did want to say this. Let me see. Let me make sure I said all this. Because we're going to get into some prayer here soon. That we are actually, we're going to get in prayer. We're going to be praying together as a church. That's how we're going to finish out tonight. 
But there are certain things that we need to change. We need to change our language. Like I said, instead of somebody coming to you say, we've sinned and say, it's okay, you say, no. Like, that's not okay. This isn't just for the, the, the pastors. This isn't just not, for, this is for you. When, if you have your own ministry, when you're, when you're talking to your neighbor, when, you're, when, you're t- when somebody comes, you say, hey man, I, I messed up, can you help me? We have to be serious with our language. We can no longer preach with the individual above God. Concern for, for who might not come back next week. So, we, so we, dull the, we dull the edge. We dull the sword. We dull what could have cut somebody. And I know that sounds like something bad, the cutting. But it's that cutting, like I said, that brought 3,000 souls to the Lord on the day of Pentecost. And the last thing is, as pastors, as, as elders, as whoever we are, we, we are called to be shepherds. So what are we permitting sheep to do? It's, 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 is it enough to say, hey, I wouldn't eat that if I were you. It's going to make you sick. No. If they're my sheep, I'm going to grab the shepherd's staff. I'm going to ring the sheep and bring it back say, don't eat that. I care too much for you. You're, you're too valuable to me. You're too much of an investment. That's not okay. We, 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 do, we are desiring a pure house, a pure bride, a pure church. So that God finds a place where his spirit can be poured out in greater ways. As we commit ourselves, as we devote ourselves to purity and to holiness, I I know for a fact we will see greater measures of the Lord's presence here. We We will see greater miracles. We will see we will see more salvations. We will see the Lord glorified more than he has ever been. But we cannot be passive about it. We cannot be passive as preachers, as teachers, and we cannot be passive as hearers. This is a body issue. This is a body issue. We need the whole body to be healthy. So this is a word of encouragement. It may feel like a word of burden. It may feel like a heart. This is a word of encouragement that you have been counted as co-laborers with Christ. Isn't that an honor? What an honor. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior, would call you a co-laborer. What an honor. I think I'm ready to wrap this up. If you guys want to stand up, I want to, I want to take some time to pray. Um, we, can play, we can play a little bit of music in the background after we get started, but I want to start with just some individual time here. I, want to, I, want to, I know we did this last week, repentance, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to stay there. It is our duty that we, we turn away, we turn away from anything anything that is impure.
Anything that is not holy, anything that is defiled, that we turn away from it. We say, we, we ask God for forgiveness. We repent and we turn away. So I want, that's how I want to start here. And then I have a couple, couple areas we want to go into. I, I, want to, I want to respond a little greater to Anna's message last week. That we together, we join up in groups and we pray prayers of spiritual warfare for our church and for this region and for our country. So Father God, in, in Jesus' name, God, I commit, I commit this time, I commit this congregation, this people have gathered together, Lord, in your name, God, I commit this time to you, Lord. God, that you highlight by your Holy Spirit, Father, areas that we have been passive, God. God, if we've been passive, if we've been passive in the way that we speak to others, if we've been passive in the way that we respond to others, God, God, I just ask right now for, for just you to highlight, God, Holy Spirit, by your power and by your might, Holy Spirit, would you highlight, would you highlight areas that we have been passive? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, God, I repent for the church. God, I repent on behalf of the church leaders, God, that, that we have dulled down your message, God, that we've taken something that you've said, God, and we've, and we've fashioned it, we've dulled it down for the people, God, rather than doing what you've asked us to do, rather than giving the word that you've given to us, Lord. God, forgive us, Lord, for the way we've dulled down messages. Father, forgive me, God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for any way that I've been passive, God, in responding to your word. Pray these prayers out loud, pray them out. God, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, for any way that I've been passive. God, that I haven't, that I haven't taken your word, Lord, that I haven't taken your word and trusted you with it, Lord, and, and, and taken part, Lord, taken part in what you're saying, God. While we were praying before the service, we were praying for, for that spiritual warfare and I just kept seeing like this picture of, of, of weapons and documents hung on people's walls as relics of the past, as you hang a, you hang a rifle on your wall from, from a long time ago. I remember my, my grandfather had, had old, he was in World War II, both my grandfathers were, and they had old letters like, that were sent out to probably every soldier, but they were, they were from the president, and they were from, they were from generals, and they are from all this stuff, and, and I know how people take those as a relic, and they stick them on the wall. 
I have a diploma. It's not hanging on my wall. That says that I have a degree in this and this from this from, from Penn State College. I could hang it on my wall, but what good is it doing there if I'm not actually using it to do something? That what I what I studied for, what I what I what I spent all that time and all that money for. We we hang these documents on our wall. We said, I was at this service. I was there when that happened. And we hang that event on our wall and say, that's enough. Rather than taking that time, taking that event and saying, I'm, I was there. I'm going to multiply this. And we hang that rifle on our wall and say, this was used in, in the Civil War. This was used in whatever it was. And we hang it on our wall. And we say, what a, what a cool story it has. My grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, whoever it was, carried that in battle. And it becomes a relic of the past rather than a, a sharpened, accurate weapon that's, that's, that's useful for today. God is alive, he is active, he is speaking now. And we can't come to Threshold Church and say, I was at that service, I did my duty, and, now, and then we go home and, and we do nothing with it. We can't go, I was at that conference, I was at that revival, I was in Toronto when that happened, I was here, I was there, I did all these things. And we're more, we're, we're proud of being a part of something that, that we've, we've done nothing with to produce fruit for the kingdom of heaven. So I want to gather up in groups, get, get in groups of people of 6, 8, 10, whatever you want to do, gather in groups. And I want to pray first for, for that, first for this, this taking down of, 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 of the weapons that are, that are not sharped that we actually prepare ourselves, we equip ourselves, and then we're gonna actually go into to some spiritual warfare here. So I wanna gather up and we'll, we'll kind of lead you through some of, this, some of this time. So go ahead, let's gather up into some groups. So just, just start crying out to God. Say, God, place, put the weapons in our hands. God, for, cry out for forgiveness for, for, not, for not responding. Whatever you need to do, need, we need to respond to this message and ask for weapons to be placed in our hands, our weapons for spiritual warfare. The things that we've had on our walls, the things that, 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 have, been, that have been shown off to people but we haven't done anything with. That God, you would, you would, you would remove them, you would, you would put them in our hands, you would, you would fashion Weapons of fruitfulness, tools to, to tear down the plans and the assignments of the enemy.
Father, place weapons into our hands. Keep praying, keep praying. I'm just gonna pray over you guys. Father, place weapons into our hands, Lord. God, place weapons into the hands of your sons and your daughters, Lord. God, new weapons. God, I ask for prayer languages. God, I ask for new tongues and new prayer languages in Jesus' name. God, I ask for the gift of discernment in Jesus' name. I ask for the gift of discernment and wisdom in Jesus' name. Weapons, weapons in Jesus' name. Ask for supernatural, supernatural just strengthening and sharpening, God, that it be accelerated, God. There's things that have been laid down for a long time. There's a quick sharpening. There's, a, there's an accelerated sharpening in this season that it doesn't take weeks and months and years to get back, to get it back to, to fighting condition. God, ask for acceleration, God, an acceleration of sharpening, acceleration, Lord, in Jesus' name. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into more of a more of a warfare mode here. So those weapons you just picked up, let's go. I'm, I'm gonna start here in um in Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is just gonna be a starting place. If you guys have words, as you're praying, if you guys have words, go ahead and bring them up here to myself or to Jake. He's gonna be up here as well. We're gonna bring some 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 guidance to this, but we're gonna start here. And if you feel anything that the Lord is saying throughout this time, go ahead and come up and, and share. But just take this, let's take this time very seriously. This is um this is King Jehoshaphat's prayer after um after he's made aware that the Moabites and the Ammonites are coming to destroy them pretty much. So here's the prayer. Oh Lord God of our fathers, this is a prayer of warfare. O oh God, O oh Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and they have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house. And cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and you will save. And Father, now, then add your own part. You can go go to that. Go to go to Second Chronicles 20 and pray that. And then and then add to it your part. Say, and Lord, the devil, he's trying to take something that doesn't belong to him. Will you not, Lord? Will you not show vengeance, God? Will you not remove him? Will you not send destruction and confusion to the camp of the enemy? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we ask that you send destruction, confusion to the enemy camp in Jesus' name. 
Keep pressing in, guys. Keep pressing. Pray those, pray those prayers of warfare. Pray those prayers of warfare. Lift up your voices to your Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Let's not be shy in our prayers. Let's just begin to lift up our voices in prayer in this place. Let's just begin to lift up our voices in prayer. Don't worry about uh, being self-conscious, about praying out loud. That's okay. You can just, nobody's judging your prayers. Nobody's comparing your prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you've given us weapons. Come on, let's take up the weapons. Let's begin to lift up our voices in prayer in this place. We thank you, God, that as we pray together, Lord, that your spirit is moving. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you pray in the Spirit, you can just pray out in tongues as well as we're joining this corporate time of intercession. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to share just a real quick prayer target that we're going to hit for a couple minutes. During worship, Anna was getting a, a word of knowledge, and then she shared it with me, and I was just agreeing with it. But um, Anna was getting a word of knowledge, and I believe we need to pray just for a couple minutes, just of breaking off any assignment of witchcraft um, a, a, for this church body, but also for the region. And um, again, it's not something that we're afraid of, and we're, but uh, this is a season where there's a heightened demonic activity going on. There is a heightened level of occultic stuff. And again, uh, Jesus is Lord. God is in charge. 
okay? But the scripture says we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes. And so we're just gonna take the next couple minutes and we're gonna pray out and just break off any assignment of witchcraft that would try to come against this church body or against this region, okay? All right, let's go right now. Let's start praying right now in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you that you are exalted to the highest place. We thank you, Jesus, that you are on the throne. And we thank you that every assignment of witchcraft is broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. We say the Lord rebuke all witchcraft. We say the hand of the Lord is against you. Every demonic assignment that would try to come, we declare it's broken in the name of Jesus. We declare it's null and void. It's removed from off of this house. We declare it has no place in our midst. We declare it bound and cast out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, lift up your voices and pray. Just take the next couple minutes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. We declare there's no witchcraft that can stand against the people of God in this region. We declare there's no curse that can land in the people of God in this region. We declare that every demonic assignment is sent back in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare, God, that you bring judgment, Father, against the spirit of witchcraft in this land, God, that it's uprooted from this land in the name of Jesus. God, we say the Lord rebuke every demonic power and principality. Jesus, that you yourself would step in with your scepter. We thank you, God, that you crush the head of the enemy, Lord, across this land. You remove the impact, the effect of witchcraft. We break that spirit of confusion and manipulation and control that will try to move through this time. We break it by the authority of Jesus' name. Father, your kingdom come in this region. We say Jesus is Lord in Lancaster County. We say you are Lord over this church body. We say that you are in charge in this land, God. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, Father. We're just going to pray for one or two more minutes in these groups before we close down. Just a couple more minutes. Thank you, Father. 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 All week, all week during our staff meetings and prayer times, and even tonight as we were praying before the service, I just kept getting this stirring to pray that God would give us a grace to be doers of the word. So um, I just want to pray that. In fact, let's just pray that all together. Would you just pray this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I ask that you make me a doer of your word. Lead me by your spirit to put in the practice what you are speaking and what you are saying to us and to me personally. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Father, I just thank you for this time and I ask, Lord, that your spirit would give us a fresh grace throughout this week, Lord. Even tonight, Lord, immediately, God, that, we, that there would be a response there would be a, a call, Lord, that you make us the doers of the word that you're calling us to be. God, we just thank you. We thank you that we have the privilege of being alive in this time. We thank you that we have the privilege of being your church in this season, your sons and your daughters, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you that you have placed us in this region, in this time, in this nation during this time. And so we just honor you and we say thank you. And we just say yes, we say yes, we say yes. Just say yes to the Lord. God, we say yes to whatever it is you are leading us to do. We say yes to the call of prayer. We say yes to the call of warfare. We say yes to the call, Lord, of fasting. We say yes, God, to this season, God. I thank you that you strengthen us and give us everything we need to obey you and to walk with you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. For more information about Threshold Church, visit the website at threshold-church.com.